Hello everyone and welcome to Crits and Cryptids. Uh, my name is Ryan Garmo. I'm a mid-experienced DM. This is... I'm Levi Newton and I like listening to Ryan talk. So we make a perfect couple. In this podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to take some cryptids, some SCPs, aliens, whatever you guys want to listen to, urban legends, movies, movie villains, things like that. And we're going to take them, we're going to convert them into a D&D monster stat block. We're going to explain why we're doing it, kind of go through the process of it, and then give that to you so that way you can throw it in front of your own table. Levi, this is episode one. This we is, did it. This is the first one. Uh, we definitely didn't have an episode before this no, where the audio no. was all kinds of messed up. Absolutely not. No, because we are 100% professionals. We're professionals. We know exactly what we're doing and we haven't messed up yet. Yeah, total lies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah this is, uh, this is uh, episode one. Yeah, so basically how this format's going to work for those of you who haven't listened. Obviously, if this is your first episode, welcome. Uh, and if you're coming back from later episodes... I apologize for the audio quality. We're going to get better. This is We're our first time better. doing it. it, it you know, it's going to be a work in progress. Future Levi and Ryan, those two, they know what they're doing. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm receiving the future high fives from them from, you know, in the future. We're going to give a little bit of history and background to the, uh, the cryptid that we're going to be covering today. And then we move on. Like I said before, we move on into the stat block and then we'll some give you some spooky examples. stories and that links to the, the moves and abilities of the yeah, creature. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, taking, taking the lore, explaining what, how the, the abilities that we put on the monster, how that fits into the lore, and then giving you guys like examples on how to run it in your own games. Cause that's the goal. We want everyone to be able to feel like they can pick up, pick up a, a set of dice, a couple pieces of paper and a some pencil math rocks, and yeah. some math rocks and just run your own game. Cause that's what we're doing here is we're just picking up some random stuff, throwing it in a game and seeing what sticks. So today's episode, Levi, we've already covered this before, but we're going to pretend real quick. Like it's the first time. Do you know what cryptid we're covering today? I don't have it. Wow. Me. I mean, before we started the first recording, you might have mentioned that we're covering the Mothman. Today. Oh, oh, are we? Because we absolutely are covering the Mothman. So, yeah, when we talked about it before, you said that. What was it that you said exactly? What was? What did you know before? About what I knew Mothman? before, frighteningly little. Mothman my, showing up at a bridge in Texas and then going up into space. <laughs> my older sister would tell me bedtime stories before we go to bed, and I think what she would do was she would get bare bones, bare bones understanding of something, and she would just run hog wild with it. Right. And being a sister, she's just going to mess with you. A hundred percent. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, she kind of had it. There is a bridge and there kind of is a little bit of space. There was a, there was a lot of weird things that I found out when I was doing the research for this, you know, we're going to get into, but yeah, let's start at the beginning, shall we? Okay. Take me there. So let's go back nearly 60 years. Can you believe that the 60s were 60 years ago? Oh, don't be doing that. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Mothman's a geriatric? Mothman is a geriatric. Mothman's been around for a while. So... Moth grandpa? Moth... Mothpa? (laughs) That's real close to Mothra. (laughs) Do you think it was just a mistranslation, maybe? It's all starting to make sense, yeah. It's all starting to make sense. I'm just imagining a, a giant Mothra just with a fucking walker. Just, <laughs> Get over here, you dang lizard. All right. We're going back to the 60s. November 15th, 1966. These two married couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette, are driving down this country road uh, outside of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It's a super small community, 4,000 people total. Everyone knows everyone. And this area that they were driving to is known as the TNT area. Currently, it's now known as the McClintock Wildlife Preservation Area. Uh, they That's a career change. That is definitely a career change. It used to be a World War II's munitions depot. Like, they would store explosives there. And they had, like, these little stone igloos that... It's like camouflage. So when you're going through, you're just walking through the woods, and suddenly there's just, like, a bunker sitting there and yeah if you go there right now uh, if you go there today you can they'll give you like little tours into them and uh you can't go too far in because there are still explosives there but yeah there was a there was a little bit of an ecological disaster a little bit of a tangent an ecological disaster in the 70s where they realized a lot of the chemicals were seeping into the groundwater uh and so back back in 77 they started efforts to cleanse it and then by 97 
they completely renovated it. Well, but that's that's the that's where this takes place. Little small town, dirt road next to an old power plant and munitions factory. These couples were going down, just having a good time, driving along. And as they were driving, Linda in the passenger seats notices something kind of off standing next to the power plant. She's, off. Yeah, off and standing. She tells Roger to kind of point the car in that direction, and he does so, and he parks the car, and his headlights illuminate the first real sighting of Mothman. It's a six to seven foot tall grayish creature with a 10-foot wingspan, feathered wings. The body, not a whole lot of description of what the body looks like. We just know that it's not feathered. Uh, It could be gray, brown, black, just kind of darker colors. It kind of varies from account to account. But one thing that is consistent in every single account are the two huge glowing red eyes that stare at you. Couples realize that this is something that they should not deal with, and they start booking it out of there. They go down this road, Route 62, heading back towards Point Pleasant. And as they're talking about it in the car, uh, figuring, okay, what was this weird bird man? Because that's what they thought initially. They didn't think it was a Mothman. Mothman came later. It was a bird man at first. They were like, what is this thing? They look behind them, and flying through the air is this creature. It's wingspan, like it's wingspan. Oh, it's pursuing them? It's pursuing them down Route 62, Bright red eyes. Roger slams on the gas, and he is hitting a hundred miles an hour on this drag strip of a road. That's what the road was used for. They like you know people would bring out their cars and uh, just race down there. And Roger and his fifty-seven Bel Air was no different. So he's slamming it down this road, and this creature is keeping pace with them easily, hundred miles an hour. They get to the city limits. They look back behind them, and the creature is no longer following them. So they take a second, try to think up what it could possibly rationalize be. Rationalize it. Rationalize it. What they come up with, it was it was a weird bird. Yeah. It was a yeah, weird bird. It was just a big... Run-of-the-mill, like, eight-foot-tall. Eight-foot-tall, ten-foot <laughs> wingspan bird with giant glowing eyes. Yeah. Perfectly logical sense. And so eventually, you know, they, they're sitting there and they're talking and they're deciding, okay, well, if it was just a bird, let's go back and double check. And like every good horror movie, we know where this is going to go. They start driving back down Route 62, back towards the TNT area. And Mothman is sitting on the side of the road like a hitchhiker, just waiting for him, just standing there, just like, well, howdy, neighbors, in that classic Appalachian accent. And he begins chasing him back outside of town. Roger whips it around straight back to Point Pleasant. This time, their one collective brain cell works, and they contact the police, who within a couple of hours, they go out to the TNT area, they investigate, they don't find anything. The next day, the press reports it, and some anonymous editor writes out the newspaper article, Couple Sees Man-Sized Bird, Creature, Something. That's the first recorded instance of Mothman. How did the press get a hold of it? I mean, it's a small town, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where if one person says or sees something, everyone else is going to, it's going to follow. It's going to spread like wildfire. 90 miles away, Newell Partridge is sitting in his house watching TV with his wife. And Levi, I'm going to warn you and audience members, it involves a dog. Poor little, poor little German Shepherd's name was Bandit. So Bandit's sitting outside on the front porch while Newell and his wife are inside watching a television program. And it's one of those older, you know, TV things. It's, got the like 60s, the, yeah. it's, it's got the tubes on the inside, so it's got that kind of hum and buzz. And so he's watching it, and suddenly the TV begins to hum and buzz brighter and louder and bandit outside begins barking his head off there's something out there that is bugging him and newell's kind of looking around like i don't know what's going on the wife is like hey i don't know you go check it out you're the man and so he gets up and he starts walking to the tv which then abruptly explodes in front of him blasting out the entire case of the tv and bandit is barking louder and crazier than he ever has now newell had reported that bandit sometimes wouldn't listen to him But there was something different about tonight, because as he goes outside to the front porch where Bandit is, he watches his German Shepherd take off into the fog towards what appears to be two glowing red eyes. Um. Now, there is one report that said that the the red lights that he saw were spinning, almost like uh, lights at the end of a helicopter's blades. Okay. 
there was only one, one report of that, and he said in that report that he that they didn't look like eyes. Every other report that I saw, it describes it as eyes. So I'm not sure if that's just kind of like, ooh, it's the same creature. But that's the story that we have. Bandit takes off towards these lights. The barking eventually stops, and the lights disappear after about 30 minutes. And Newell, he's not he's not moving from his porch because there is obviously something happening down Good for in Newell. his field. Yeah. Survivor instinct is strong with that one. So then we go back to the Scarberries over in Point Pleasant, 90 miles away, an hour later. In their police report, as they're describing the creature, they also describe that they saw a dog on the side of the road. They, they never confirmed that it was a German Shepherd. They never said that it was a, a name tag. But there are some people out there who believe that Mothman somehow took Bandit, traveled 90 miles in an hour, left him on the side of the road, and began to, quote-unquote, terrorize these these teenagers, right? Were they teenagers or were they a married couple? They were teenagers. Well, they were married, but they were like 18. 60s, 19. fair yeah. enough. Yeah, it's the 60s. Times were different back then. Um, and once, once the report of Mothman got out, everyone saw him everywhere, all around Point Pleasant. There's the story of Bob Bosworth. Uh, this is a story that I didn't tell you last time. He was riding his motorcycle with one of his buddies, uh, and they were driving down the road near the TNT area and the moon was so bright this night that they decided they were going to turn their headlights off and they're just dodging potholes on the road because they're just a couple of dudes who are having a good time. And so as nothing they're driving better. along, nothing better guys being dudes, nothing better than guys being dudes. <laughs> I mean, this is the 60s. So who knows if they had a helmet in the documentary, <laughs> like they, they had helmets, but they look modern. So I don't know. Hopefully they were driving safe, but yeah, so they decide, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful night. You guys want to, you want to drive through the TNT area? And they're like, yeah, sure. So they're driving along. And Bob noticed, uh, once they get to the power plant, a pair of red eyes on the roof, five stories up, looking at him. So he points this out to his buddy, who also notices it, and they kind of have this, like, standoff, like, staring at each other for a little bit. And he's he's not getting any, like, malicious thing, he's just, something's watching him. So curiosity gets the better of him, and he gets, he leaves his bike on the road, and he, he and his buddy begin walking up towards the power plant right every good horror movie i see eyes i go walk (laughs) that's (laughs) actually that is why john denver wrote take me home country roads yeah yeah because i'm turning around (laughs) i'm getting back on the bike and i'm leaving i'm like sorry you feel free feel free i'll come (laughs) i'll come back for your body in the morning don't worry so they get off their bikes they're walking closer and as they get to the to the foot of the building they're looking straight up five stories and this creature these two eyes are leaning over the railing and looking down at them. And so Bob and his friend have way more courage than I would ever have. And they're like, we're going to go inside. We're going to go see what this into the abandoned bunker. Yeah. And they didn't say anything about like having a weapon or, you know, grabbing a stick or anything. They were just like, no, we're just going to go see what this is. Just, you know, just two curious guys out in the middle of, out in the middle of nowhere. So they're walking up inside of this building and the power plant at this point has like, eroded there's full walls that are exposed so it's just moonlight that's illuminating the inside of this and it's bright enough like like you know they were driving with their headlights so they don't need flashlights they don't need anything like that um and once they get to about the third or fourth floor they see coming around the corner the mothman except this one of this is one of the only reports where his eyes were not glowing red interesting and they think it was because it wasn't reflecting the moonlight from where it was standing. But the way that they described it, it was it was like a bird-like creature. He said he described it as like a robin, like the, like the way that the, the torso is tapered, like it kind of has a broader chest and it comes down kind of narrowly. But he also described uh, two huge wings, feathered wings, uh, kind of tucked up behind it. Uh, it did have the eyes. He could see that they were red, but they weren't glowing. The rest of the face he couldn't really discern, but it began to walk towards them and... It was a precise movement. It was like a. It was like a. I'm very deliberately walking towards you, and it was a very mm. curious movement. And so he and his friend are just frozen, staring at this thing, and eventually it turns and it walks onto one of the catwalks. They hear the flapping of wings, and then it disappears. That's when they decide. You know what? Let's let's that's get out of this shock. Yeah, that's that's okay. when they're like, now that the danger is gone, let's also get out of here. Sorry, do you have any questions? I'm just going. No, I'm loving this. I'm keep having it, a, keep I'm it going. Having a I got I got lost in the sauce there for a minute. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, what can I say? I'm just a master storyteller. No. So Faye Laporte and her brother, they were driving also this is all taking place near the TNT area, which like I said is that munitions thing. A lot of people believe this is where Mothman like 
originated from or roosted from. There's a lot of different theories as to what Mothman is, and we'll get to that after okay. after the stories and kind of explain that. So we'll explain why it's all in the TNT area. Um, so they're driving uh, with her brother. Her brother was driving. She was in the passenger seat. And her brother looks over to where she's sitting, and he says, don't look now, but there's something outside your window. And like, you're not I, supposed to look at it? And you're not supposed to look at it. And what does Faye do? She looks at it, and sitting outside the, the car, maybe two or three feet, is the two pairs of glowing eyes that they've, they've heard about at this point. And it's just staring inside of the car, keeping pace with it, going probably about 30, 40 miles an hour. And so her brother hoofs it, starts slamming on the gas, same like the Scarberries did uh, on November 15th. They just start driving down this road. And his brother gets the idea, okay, well... If this, is a, if this is a creature, it's not going to be able to make the same sharp turns that I can make in a car. And so around the TNT area, there's a lot of 90-degree angle turns uh, out in that area. So he hits a hard left, thinking that this creature will go straight, and maybe they can get just a couple of seconds gap in between it. No, no. doesn't work Nothing. like that at all. Nothing. It is staying the exact same distance, that same two, three feet away from it, almost like there's like a, like a tether on it. And it's just swinging alongside with the car, just following him. So they may, he makes a couple more turns until eventually it swoops up and lands on the hood of their car. So he slams on the brakes and it's just squatting, sitting there, menacingly, just staring at them through the... Just a staring contest? Just a staring contest. Mothman likes to stare. He's got big eyes. I don't think he has eyelids. So I'm not sure if it's like a... Like, maybe we shouldn't make fun of him because maybe it's like a condition. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe he just can't blink. And that's why his eyes are... He just needs eye drops. Yes. Oh, my God. I've been asking for eye drops for <laughs> for years and nobody will give them to me. Everyone just screams in terror. God. So, yeah, he uh, eventually, like, flies away and um, Faye and her brother go to the police and uh, report it to them. And, of course, the police have been getting all kinds of different Mothman reports of, you know, Mothman's in my front yard. Mothman is uh, terrorizing my children. Mothman oh, is, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. Um, so it's definitely a negative connotation with Mothman. Oh, yeah. Pe- yeah, people are, just... people are not having a good time with him. Mm. Um, and so when they go back to the TNT area the next day to kind of, like, look around, see if there's anything that was left behind, there's military personnel. And there's men in black suits, which, as most of us know, maybe not, the men in black, um, you know, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, like that movie and everything, or Chris Hemsworth and the new one. Um, we don't talk about the new one. We don't talk about the new one. There is no new one. Um, it pretty much stopped after the first one, I think, in my own personal opinion. Um, but they're government agents, some people think they're aliens themselves, that any time that there's a conspiracy theory, a cryptid, an alien sighting, these people show up and start hushing people up. Don't talk about it, asking questions, figuring things out, potentially wiping memories. But one of them walks up to the car and says, you're not supposed to be here, get out. So Faye and her brother leave, and then they never had any more reports of the men in black. Hmm. Which leads us to the other occurrence uh, that's happening in Point Pleasant at this time, which is a bunch of UFO stuff. Right, it's a bunch so, of simultaneously that mm-hmm. these sightings of Mothman people are also seeing UFOs. Yep, they're seeing UFOs. They're seeing strange lights. Um, one of the most famous ones is on Highway seventy seven. Uh, Woodrow Derenberger. Uh, is, what a name! What a name! That that sounds like a firm handshake. <laughs> that sound that sounds like a man's name. Woodrow Derenberger. Yeah, it's a good one. So he's driving down the interstate. And there's this UFO or something. He hears like this crashing sound and it like a UFO shaped like a kerosene lamp is how he describes it. Lands in front of him and coming out of it is this guy in just a normal suit who's just got this super big grin, like like a Joker grin on just his a face. Human human being? Looks like it. Uh, the first one of the one of the reporting said that he came in like a green metal suit. He had no ears, he had no hair, uh, and like really dark eyes. Um, and like green skin so like your typical kind of alien look but still the grinning thing so they think that maybe after that first initial he changed it to look a little bit more human still weird uh, but weirder still was that he didn't talk instead what he did was telepathically communicated to Woodrow and said hello Woodrow my name is Idrid Cole cold like you know, burr cold okay and that has become 
a whole nother thing with Mothman. Like if you look up Indrid Cold, you're going to also find Mothman. If you look up Mothman, you'll find out Indrid Cold because they're happening at the same time. And there were three or four sightings that happened. There's that could be a whole nother episode that we can do is just Indrid Cold. There's some people who think that he was like an FBI agent who wow. like was just being weird at the time. Some dude named Valiant Thor. It's a whole thing. But yeah, people are seeing lights. People are seeing UFOs. They're reporting all kinds of this strange stuff, especially Men in Black. Men in Black are coming in asking about the Mothman. They're asking about the Gritting Man. They're asking about all this stuff. And this all happened. The majority of all these reports came from 1966, November of 1966, to about January, February of 67. It's just, it's like almost every other day, somebody's reporting something new paranormal. And this Um, is all in the... Small town. Yeah, Point Pleasant. And and there's like a probably about a hundred mile radius of smaller towns around the area. But it's centered on Point Pleasant, right? And it's just bizarre. There's a guy who comes down from New York, John Keel, who is taking down accounts, uh, which he writes in the book, The Mothman Prophecies, uh, which is just a series of accounts. And it's super creepy if you ever get a chance to read it. Because it's it's not written like a horror novel where it's like, and then I creeped around the corner. It's just, you know, this person Hmm. saw a creature flying through the night this person saw this and it's just a very accurate thing which they then turned into a movie with Richard Gere uh, and I'll get into some of the stuff because some of the things I used for Mothman's uh, character stat I took from the movie as well and then after about February of 67 Mothman sightings kind of start dying down like it seems like they're they're becoming less scarce right and a lot of the population is fine with it because a lot of them saw Mothman as evil. There was one man who was uh, sleeping with his wife. Um, not like that. Not like that. No, he was sleeping in his bed uh-huh. with his wife. Uh-huh. Woke uh-huh. up sure. in the middle of the night. Sorry. Uh, you don't know. <laughs> kids, you cover there. your ears. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, but he's looking out of his window down at the the uh, the street down below. And there's a street lamp. And he said he distinctly remembers like a car passing in front of it. And he was just something about it just woke him up. And so he's looking down. And he's up at the window, looking down. Bless you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. You can try to hide Ooh. it, but you sneeze. Professionals. Professionals, one hundred percent. So he's looking down at this uh, streetlight, and then he turns his head back to his room, and Mothman is standing by his bed, where his wife is still sleeping. In his own uh, testimony, he was a God-fearing man. He was a Christian, and you know he all all about Jesus and all that stuff. So he immediately starts praying. And he said that Mothman dissipated like pouring salt on a slug. Those were his words. Which is bizarre because nobody's ever talked about the possibility of him being like a demon or something. A lot of people felt like, oh, maybe the Mothman is the devil because anything that's dark, shadowy and has red eyes. I mean, yeah, that checks all the boxes. That'll check. That'll check a couple of demonic boxes. You know what I mean? You know, does it scream? Does it fly through the air? That was another thing we talked about is uh, what the Mothman sounds like. Um, Levi, if you could give a representation. Do you want me to do I would love all for the you. guttural noises? Okay, uh, this is yeah. what I had previously done for what I think Mothman sounds like. <clears throat> I don't think Mothman sounds like anything. That's, right. Have you ever right. heard a moth talk to you? I haven't. One of the, one of the things that uh, some people believe validate the Mothman theory is that if you're going to make up a story about a monster, you're going to make it sound scary, right? You're going to be like some sort of like something creepy like that, right? But what they said it sounded like was either a mouse or a record that was sped up really quickly. So like, could you imagine getting chased by a car or getting like you're driving in your car down this road and there's just this fucking demon flying behind you at Mach 10 and like it gets you to stop and then it like rolls down the window like an officer and is just like, Sir, have you been drinking today? <laughs> Do you know why I pulled you I over? would poop my pants. I would 100% poop my pants. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, like I said, the reports kind of die down. And for, for that summer, there are the occasional UFO, the occasional Mothman, but it's the, the initial excitement of it has kind of died down. And then we go to November of 1967, a year after the initial sighting. Uh, these two women from opposite sides of Point Pleasant, both report that they see the same light in the sky, this UFO, that lands, and these two lights emanate from the UFO and just begin traipsing around, right? Interesting. So a lot of people think that Mothman is an alien. Okay. Yeah, just going to drop that bomb on you. A lot of people think that Mothman might be an alien. 
Uh, they also think that he's a government experiment. They think he's a mutated bird. We'll get into more of this stuff in just a little bit. But then the Mothman reports start picking up again. And in hindsight, people think that these sightings coincide with omens of, of doom. But nobody put it together. And nobody could have imagined what was going to happen in December. On December 15th, 1967, the Silver Bridge collapsed. Okay. Walk, what do you, walk me through. I know very little. First and foremost, it is a tragedy. It's a disaster. It was, you know, 46 people died in this because the bridge, from, from the moment that the bridge started to collapse, like the first time that that first uh, support beam broke, to the bridge being completely underwater was one minute total. 60 seconds. How, 60 how seconds. big was this bridge? Uh, actually, I don't know how long it was. It spanned the Ohio River. It was 2,235 feet. Wow. So about half a mile long. Yeah. And like I said, December 15th, it's 10 days before Christmas. Rush hour, it was backed up, right? Um, mm. A lot of people, when they're going back and looking at it, they think that when they made the bridge, one of the the, uh, the architect of the bridge, whose name I can't recall right now, was trying out a new material and he had a lot of faith in it and it didn't work. He didn't account for the fact that there might be, you know, cars were going to get heavier over time. And with that rush hour, all of that extra weight snapped one of the supports, one of the eye bars, which is just a solid beam as opposed to the lots of little steel cables that we know when we think of like a steel cable suspension bridge. When that snapped... It just set off a chain reaction, and one half of the bridge went down, and then the other half went down. All within 60 seconds. Huh? All within 60 seconds. Cars were uh, just immediately into the water, right? And like I said, 46 people died, and it was a it was a horrible thing. When the people who were there were giving their interviews later on, one of the things that they said was nobody talked about Mothman. Nobody talked about UFOs. Nobody talked about Men in Black because this was a real, this was a real thing. This wasn't a spooky boogeyman in their mind it was a horrible accident you know because like these were friends these were family it was a small town like you knew everybody there and suddenly one percent of their population just passed away in 60 seconds yeah pretty much it was horrible the next day like all of these boats started showing up all these tugboats uh and they began dredging the lake or dredging the river rather and they were you know dragging alongside seeing if they could try to find anybody there are still people that are reported missing because they never found them mm. down at the bottom of that. And I mean, like, imagine you're sitting in your car on the bridge. Suddenly it's down. You're under the water. It's freezing. It's December in West Virginia. And the bridge falls on top of you. Like, I'd there's no getting out of that. I'd imagine that, to be honest. Right. It's, it's a horrible thing. Looking back, if you ask anybody who lived in Point Pleasant at the time, they're not going to talk about Mothman. Like, they'd say that, you know, nobody was saying, like, oh, I saw Mothman perched up on the bridge. That came later, like when people were looking at the correlation between the spike of sudden Mothman sightings and the Silver Bridge collapse, a lot of people put two and two together. We don't know if there's actually any you know, factual evidence that Mothman was there. Nobody, like there are some reports that, oh, I saw Mothman perched up at the top. That's a big one. Uh, there, there are some pictures that you'll see of like a, like a photo. Sh it looks like, like a creature is up on top. It's not. It's not real. You think, I'll, I'll you think you, someone uh, would lie? On the internet? No. I don't you're right. No, you're right. Absolutely. Everything that you hear on the internet is 100% the truth. That white van had free candy in it, It right? did. It did. It also had bad things in it. So. People also later, later reported that you know they saw like a giant bird flying around. And that's where Mothman got his idea or his um, notoriety for being a an omen of death and destruction and disaster, harbinger of doom. Once the bridge collapsed, the story of Mothman ended. That was it. Sightings continued sporadically over the years, and they still continue today. But they were not as prominent as they were in the in those thirteen months. So, so what what is Mothman? Is it, do you think he's an alien? What are some of the theories? Okay, like? so personally, I don't think he's an alien. Um, I. There, there is a theory that he's the alien. There are the two women who reported him kind of coming out of the aircraft, uh, coming out of the UFO. The fact that there was a lot of uh, UFO and there were even some like poltergeist reports. Like wow. Scarberry, uh, Linda Scarberry, uh, she reported, I think it was later that week, 
that there was some like weird ghost energy happening in her house. There's a whole thing that we could get into where some people believe that all paranormal energy and events are linked. So like ghosts could just be like your emotions acting out. Wow. It's, a, it's a weird thing. It's a whole it's a whole kind of science that we can get into. Yeah, there's the alien theory. Like I said at the beginning, there was the ecological disaster where chemicals leaked into the groundwater. And some people believe that a bird came along and uh, gobbled up some of that water and grew into Mothman. And that Mothman is just a giant mutated bird. And I love that theory (laughs) because it's so ridiculous. (laughs) Me sitting here being not a scientist and you sitting there being also not a scientist... That's not how that works. No, that's not how that works. I wish I wish I could drink some radioactive water and turn into a, you know, prophecy spewing, you know, omen of death. That's no, I would die. I would I would get cancer, I would get a tumor, I would go to the hospital and I would die. That's how that works. Um I mean, maybe it's a numbers game. If enough people do it. If enough people do it. Out. I mean, there's got to be one universe where Peter Parker actually got bit by a spider and there's a Spider-Man sleeping around. There's got to be one at least. But of course, you got to remember, like it was the '60s and '70s. Genetics was still kind of new, and you, yeah, know, you okay. had a bunch of those like monsters from the lagoon, the lagoon, blooming. But yeah, there's that theory. Um, there is the theory that he was a government experiment wow. that was made in the TNT area itself. That could be fun. That could be fun. It's a government uh, building. Yeah, it's a government building. Uh, some people said that, like you know, when they worked there, they got busted there, and like they blacked out the windows so you couldn't see like the route to get there and it wasn't only until after it closed down uh which it closed down the day that they dropped the nuclear bomb on hiroshima interesting and so some people think that mothman might be a, an experiment that escaped and that there might be more experiments down in there that have yet to be discovered huh weird stuff i think that one's i think that one's really interesting a lot of skeptics will tell you that it's a sandhill crane which is it's not native to the region, but it's around there. Can it, you can you describe to me what a sandhill crane looks like? Yes, yeah, so you know those big machines that pick up buildings and stuff like that, and yeah. like on construction <laughs> sites. It looks nothing like that. It's a bird with a super long beak and like a long neck. So super similar to the eight foot tall, one hundred percent identical to the to the same thing. Same dimensions because sandhill cranes get to about four feet tall, you know, oh, six foot okay. wingspan. Uh, which completely matches the seven foot tall, ten foot wingspan that people have described before. So perfect comparison. Uh, not to mention there is some like red splotches on the head of the sandhill crane. Okay. Which is a perfect thing. Another one that could actually be more feasible is a barn owl. I don't know if you've ever seen what a barn owl looks like. I have, have you ever yes. watched Harry Potter? Yeah. Um, a lot of cryptids actually. A lot of people believe that it's an owl because they can get pretty big, you know, four or five feet. So like those wingspans are no joke. No joke. So some people think, cause when you shine a light at an owl's eyes, it has the reflective capability. And it, when, when, it, when you look at it, it's red. So a lot of people think you just saw like a giant owl. An owl on a fence post. An owl on a fence post that can fly 100 <laughs> miles an hour. It's just, they're just theories. Um, but yeah, those are the, those are the main ones. Am I forgetting any? Because we did talk about this before. Uh, You've covered all the ones you mentioned before. Right. I don't... Well, let me check my notes. Let's see if there's anything else that I forgot to... (laughs) It was also known as the UFO bird. The the, UFO bird? The UFO bird, yeah. Because the combination of like a bird man and all the UFO sightings. Uh, It was also known as the Mason bird monster. Because Mason County, of where it was. Let's see. Is there anything else that I forgot? Oh, fun fact about it being in the power plant... People who would go to the TNT area said that pigeons would be in every single building of the TNT area except for the power plant. And the power plant is where everyone saw Mothman. That's just a fun little fact. That was fun. So he's just he's just kicking out other tenants. <laughs> he's just like, nah, this is my space. Just, Real estate prices must be nuts for eight feet tall winged creatures. Oh, yeah. Going crazy. <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Premonitions of disaster, bizarre phenomenon, your mic just fell, yep, which is pretty know. bizarre. Oh, uh, yeah, when it would, like, take off and fly, it wouldn't flap its wings. Like, you'd see, like, a bird kind of go crazy and start flapping its wings to to take off. This would just shoot up straight up like a helicopter. Which I love the idea of Mothman just spinning really fast. Just T-posing and... <laughs> yeah, just clipping up through up. the air and just, like, you know... Oh. <laughs> But, yeah, so he just flew up just straight up, which is supernatural and weird all on its own. 
please, if you could continue talking while I look through my notes and yeah, kind of this will be we'll, we'll we'll edit this out. We'll fix this in post because I was I was coughing there for a minute. Oh, but and my mic fell, and that's probably gonna be making noises. Oh, it might have been, but you know, it adds it adds a little something, something. It adds a little character. You know what I mean? So, so originally the plan was that I w- you didn't know what the the creature was gonna be. Yeah. And some of the clues that I gave you was that it had never harmed a person, which is true. There's no report of Mothman ever hurting anybody. Just like, bandit, R.I.P. Just bandit, and that's not a person. That's a dog. Okay. Which. Easy there. I know. Okay. I know. I'm a heartless, heartless man. But there is a Mothman statue in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where all this happened. It's in the square, right in front of the Mothman Museum. Interesting. And this, here, let me let me pull up a picture of it so I can show this to you. Mothman statue ass. Look at those cheeks. They put way too much attention wow. into the ass of Mothman. And like they gave him and like a ridiculous framed it too. Yeah, they gave him a ridiculous six pack yeah. well, and like he's a queer icon. I'll, I'll like, sit and sit and list this out to you. So it stands about eight feet tall. It's a winged creature. It's got, you know, some extraterrestrial features, giant red eyes. Just the most jacked, ripped upper torso you've ever seen in your life. His thighs. I would say oak trees. Yeah, oak trees is pretty. This uh, man, it's pretty spot on. Eats nothing but chicken breast, nothing but rice and broccoli and, and all that. For some reason, right there on the the backside, they gave him an absolute wagon. Yeah, they just they went crazy, and like the wings are all tattered. Like it's a really cool, but cool statue. It's a really cool statue. Unnecessarily sexual. Way too horny. Way too horny. There is oh my god! There's a there's a bumper sticker that says I slapped Mothman's ass at Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Well, good for them. That does sound pleasant. Yeah, and I guess we can kind of move on to like the more modern interpretations of Mothman. There's the Mothman Festival that happens every year in, in uh, Point Pleasant. Twelve thousand people show up for it every year. It's a whole huge event. It brings in like two million dollars in tourism Holy cow. every year. It's like the biggest... And how, the what's the population of Point Pleasant nowadays? 4,000. Oh, my. Yeah, so that's that's the 2020 census, 4,000 people. So you can imagine how many less were living there in the 60s, um, which just makes all the stories even crazier. Um, it's it's in Fallout 76, the you know the, the Bethesda game. It's like a whole uh, monster, which you and I had an encounter when we were playing yeah, that, that, was, that game. That was awesome. It was wild. Um they're, they made a movie out of the book, The Mothman Prophecies, uh, under the same name with Richard Gere back in 2002. Uh, it goes less into like the actual like creature version of it, and it's more of like a psychological horror, kind of like dealing with like grief and guilt and really playing into the whole premonition. Like people, people in this town keep having these dreams and nightmares and voices in their head of like, but these terrible things are going to happen, and then they do, and they keep seeing this black creature with like red eyes and... It's a it's a whole thing. And so when people think of Mothman now, they think of giant red eyes. Uh, a lot of depiction have like the moth antennas, even though that was never in the original description. No, some creative Mothman. liberties. Yeah, because you think of moth and you think of those cute little like antennas that they have, you know? Cute is one word for them, yeah. Okay, the, the mo- when I think of moths, I think of the one Meath. that... <laughs> the, pearl, the, the correct plural of moth, meath. <laughs> Uh, when a flock of meath are flying <laughs> around, uh, in, when yeah, no, my favorite iteration is Gandalf's moth from Fellowship, Fellowship, Fellowship. Yeah, yes, because that that little guy, like that, there's that there's that close with that moth, and he's just like you know he's got his little feelers out, and he's just like oh yeah, Gandalf, I'll help. Meanwhile, the butterfly from SpongeBob SquarePants. Do you remember that episode where they're in Sandy's like underwater dome and everything? I and wasn't it's the, a SpongeBob kid. You. We're talking about Mothman here. I don't. Even I know we're talking about Mothman, but okay, repeat. okay. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. Don't look up the butterfly from SpongeBob. It's terrifying. But yeah, so he's just kind of become like just an icon. Like there's so much smut of Mothman. Did you know? Like, the, and does this tie into the the creature that you made for D and D? It could. Listen, <laughs> listen. Once you get your hands on the PDF, you can do whatever you want to do. The, the bard stereotype is a stereotype the, for a reason. Yeah, it's it's not called the waifu catalog for nothing. And I mean, with this, with how jacked this Mothman is, you could absolutely have some fun with him. But speaking of, I think let's go ahead and move on to the to the stats itself. 
Okay, right. walking through it. Okay. I've never really made homebrew creatures before. Usually when I run them in my game, I adjust them on the fly. I'll either add more as, hit points. As all good DMs As do. all good DMs do. There's, They're dead when we're done, stop, when we stopped having fun. Yeah, um, pretty much. I mean, you know, I've added random abilities on the fly. I've added more hit points. I've, you know, fudged rolls, all the good stuff, you know. <gasps> I know. Oh, Everything behind that yeah, screen is a lie. Nice. I literally just have a piece of paper that says sexy goblin, question mark, <laughs> and that's it. Pretty general stats, 15 armor class, 115 hit points, uh, 30-foot walking speed, and a 60-foot flying speed. Strength is 12, because there's not a whole lot of reports of him, like, physically attacking. There is, like, the scratching on the card, but other than that, there's not a whole lot of anything. Dexterity and constitution are both 14, because he's quick if he can fly. He's got to be nimble. He's got to be fast, uh, because he's flying at 100 miles an hour, and, you know... That takes a lot out of you, so you got to be able to keep up that speed for quite some time. Intelligence and wisdom are both 15, also plus two, uh, because he's an observer. Like a lot of the reports, is he doesn't, he doesn't seem to like he'll he'll chase, but it seems more of like a, just a curiosity rather than I'm going to hurt you. It's one of those There's, things. If you have the ability to fly that fast and be that precise, you could hurt somebody if you wanted to. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, and like a lot of people. You know, when they look at Mothman, they have that feeling of like paranoia and anxiety, almost as if he's like continuously watching you. You know what I mean? Like mm. something, something's kind of sticking with it's you. Unnerving. Yeah, and so that's why I gave him a charisma of sixteen, mm. gave him a plus three because there's just something about him in in general that is very ominous, and it just kind of sticks with you, right? Um. So, moving on, uh, damage vulnerabilities. I gave him fire and radiant uh, vulnerabilities because in a couple of the reports they said that it seems to like unlike any other moth you've ever met in your life, Mothman doesn't like light. Hmm. He'll he'll shy away from the light. He likes the dark, and you could use that against your party oh, if you I want love to. Because if you if you if you tell your party you're going up against Mothman, they might think of their own preconceived notions of like, oh well, if we shine a light, we'll bring him to him. So let's stay in the dark. Right. And if they stay in the dark, Mothman is just going to run right up on you because he's like, this is this is my jam. This is what I do. But along with that, say, say you surprised me. I didn't know we were going. Over. If we were in the woods and you said, I see a pair of red eyes. First thing that I'm going to do is raise my torch. Right. You're going to raise your torch. Try to see what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've if you've already kind of put together that this is Mothman, you might think yeah, the torch will come toward, towards me or whatever. I'm going to look. It's going to scurry away. And you're like, all right, cool. So then you go back to your camp. And it comes up behind you and, you know does whatever mothman does i also gave it radiant damage because there was that one report of the man uh the, the guy like praying to his god and then it like dissipating i in my game i would say like if you wanted to like it doesn't have to be like a light god or anything like whatever god you pray to just that general celestial energy can do some kind of extra damage to it but i didn't make it a fiend or a demon or that i just wrote general monstrosity did you give it an alignment uh no actually i didn't just detect uh, good and evil Air 404. I mean, I don't really use alignment, but if Fair. I were to do it, he seems he seems pretty chaotic. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just kind of, he kind of does his own thing. He doesn't seem like he has like, like he has like a, he loves chasing cars. That's like, he's like a dog. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Bandit. He took after Bandit. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he, he chases cars. He's, he's chaotic. I'm pretty sure he's neutral. Like, I don't think he's good or evil. I think he's just chilling. So if anything, I would say chaotic neutral. Excellent question. Damage resistance is necrotic, just because it has the vulnerability to the radiant. So I yeah. figured, you know, maybe we could beef up his necrotic energy uh, resistance. Uh, and then bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. So, you know, uh, cast a spell, you'll be fine. But, you know, you got to make sure that your martial characters have some sort of magical weapon or shillelagh or, you know, magic stones or whatever. Uh, damage immunities, psychic. Psychic damage doesn't do anything to him. And I gave him that one because a lot of his abilities, like we talked about earlier, it's very psychic based. So he, he like, if you're going to put him in a, in the game, he's going to have a lot of control. You know what I mean? Like he's going to have a lot of psychic, he kind of gets in there. Like at the reports, he leaves you with feelings of paranoia and anxiety. That. And like, when you look in his eyes, you can't look away kind of thing. So I figured, you know, psychic is going to be a lot of his, his domain. Yeah. That, domain. that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, continuing on. Condition immunities. Uh, can't be blinded, 
charmed, deafened, frightened, grappled, or prone. And a lot of those just because, you know, he's just quick, he's fast, uh, he's got the, the the mind for it, in my mind. And yeah, a, a lot of those just make sense to me. Again, feel free to change any of this if you don't want, if you think it's different. Um, dark vision, 120 feet. Not Classic. true vision? Not true vision. I don't think so. Yeah, I uh, what? I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, yeah, because after a certain distance, you know, if it's reflecting light, then he's got to have something. Yeah, Otherwise yeah. Unless he's yeah. just in the dark and he's just blinking. And Can then I gave, Mothman blink? Can this version of Mothman blink? No, I think my version of Mothman, I think the reason his eyes are red is because <laughs> he doesn't have eyelids. Good, good. This is good to know. This is good the to more know. more reasons. Yeah, all the more reasons. He's just looking for eye drops, man. Passive perception 16. So he's, you know, He's 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 got quite a quite a boost to it. I might even I might need to bump that up to eighteen, maybe, uh, just because he is you know he's a seer. He's a he he's premonitions. He sees everything. Uh, so I might bump that up even up to eighteen or higher. Questions, comments? No, I like all of this. Keep going. Okay. Um. So it understands deep speech because you know. If there was a language for plural, it would be the the undercommon deep speech like weird, weird shit. He doesn't strike me as the most talkative of folk, though. No, 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 no. He's he's more of a he's more of a kind of like a gesture, like a hmm? you know, kind of like bows his head to you kind of thing. Uh, and then telepathy up to 120 feet, and I'll explain that uh, in a little. Uh, and I put him at a challenge rating nine, just because. Like originally, I was gonna have him at five, but with the things uh, I haven't play test, I haven't play tested it, so I don't know what he would be like, how it would go against it. So I, I kind of erred on the side of caution. I, I, I put nine, so that way if he is a little bit weaker, you can buff those hit points. You can give him a little bit of armor class. Um, maybe give him like another kind of attack, like a ranged attack or something like that, so you can kind of beef that up. But I just want to err on the side of caution, make him, you know, a little bit weaker if need be. But like nine seemed like with the with the things a uh, good place to go. So, with all that said, let's get into the uh, the abilities. The first, so the first one is Voice of the Void. Mothman can magically communicate simple ideas, emotions, and images telepathically with any creature within 120 feet of it. Uh, yeah, I did that because I don't. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think Mothman could just be like a monster you could fight. Yeah. You know, okay. I thought, I thought maybe he could be like depending on how you want to perceive the legend you know either he is a harbinger of death and he brings this destruction on him or he's just trying to warn you right Ooh. so like imagine you're sitting with your party around the fire like i said and you see the eyes and as you make eye contact with them suddenly you get the image of like an earthquake ripping apart the town and houses are getting swallowed into it or the dam up river that's holding it back you see an explosion and suddenly this rush of water is coming and like you see that, Ooh, and then you know you come out of that vision, and then Mothman is gone, right? So you could you could kind of play with that a little bit. Maybe you know could present him as possibly the origin of the curse, and then twist him, you know, to be like, oh no, I was just trying to help you the whole time. <laughs> or that could just be a fun way to torment the players if you want him to be a more malicious spirit or something, where it's just like showing them premonitions of like their friends falling in combat and even you could you could foreshadow like the the end of the end of the campaign you know what i mean like if you've got a big bad in mind for like sessions and sessions on the line you get a mothman throwing some hints that you never even thought about before throw something new in there with him i liked it okay harbinger of doom so this is this is a really cool one i wanted to do something that showed that mothman kind of has control over what he can see in the Adventure Zone podcast, the Amnesty, there is a Mothman version that Griffin McElroy made up where he has all of these different papers that he's drawing and he has all of these different windows. And as he's moving through time, the windows keep closing. So he's trying to pinpoint which window is going to be the one that this timeline is on, right? And so how does he go about that? Like, he, I would imagine that he has some sort of control. So Harbinger of Doom, at the top of the initiative order, you flip a coin on a head's Consider it a natural 20. On a tails, consider it a natural 1. When you or a player, yeah, yeah, when you or a player save a roll for a saving throw, attack roll, or ability check, you can replace the roll with the result you flipped at the top of the initiative order. This roll can be replaced before or after you or the player has rolled and can trigger the it doesn't belong here reaction, which we'll get to in a little bit. At any time, you know, you have either a, a 1 or a 20, a success or a failure. 
and having that imminent threat for the party because you they see you flip a coin and they're like what is this normally we hey we roll dice in dungeons and dragons hey, we're we my math rocks. yeah we're no give me give me give me the icosahedrons like give me give me give me my weird give me my shinies and so you flip a coin that's going to give them a little bit of dread because this is it kind of helps reinforce that something that you know mothman isn't He's not, he's not like a, a, a creature. Like he's something more than that. Yeah. He's a supernatural entity. And so even just flipping that coin and then doing a scribble, they're going to go, why did he flip that coin? And they're like, all right, cool. Oh, I got a natural 20. I got a, I got a critical on this. You can describe, you know, suddenly you open your eyes and the attack that you thought that you just witnessed is gone as Mothman basically takes the timeline and switches it to what he wants it to be, right? He can take that 20 and turn it into a one. Or if he's making an attack roll or um, forcing you to do a saving throw, he can take that... Uh, it's, it's not that the player failed, it's just that Mothman succeeded. Exactly, exactly. It's not, yeah, the, the player did everything right, but Mothman has the ability to foresee the future and he, I, I, I wanted to give him a little bit of power and that little bit of control to do the future that he wants it to be. And then, like I said, uh, it can trigger the it doesn't belong here reaction, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, but I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Something different other than rolling dice. Yeah. Gives it a little, a little flavor. Especially appreciate how it can mess with the player and add spice to the encounter. Yeah. Because like, this is not something normal that we deal with. Exactly. Because, you know, a lot of people kind of get into that like, all right, we roll, we hit we move we roll we hit we move this is something that's completely different you know that he's you know the dms flipped the the coin after a round or two you know what it means so now you don't know if it's going to be a 20 or a one do you want to save that fireball because he could take a natural 20 and succeed and only take half damage or worse i've got yeah like you know do i want to make this risky move because even if i roll really good Mothman can make me feel it. You know what I mean? So it gives it, it gives you doubt. It gives you that paranoia, that anxiety that, you know, Mothman is known to kind of do it in like a meta way. And then the last ability that he's got is flyby. Uh, Mothman doesn't provoke opportunity attacks when it flies out of an enemy's reach. Like so, an owl. Like an owl. You know, like a giant barn owl or a sandhill crane. <laughs> uh, just swooping in there, pecking, getting out. Um, I didn't give him a peck, but if it's if you want Mothman to actually be a Sandhill Crane, it's your game. Do what you want to do. I think that's hysterical. Um, yeah, Mothman just flies in uh, and then can just get out and, you know, he's just he's too quick with it. Uh, so then he's got his actions, right? Uh, he's got multi-attack. He makes two attacks. He could kick. There's not a whole lot of reports of him having like a whole bunch of physical things, but I wanted him to have some sort of melee. And I think it's... It adds a little bit of comedy when you've got all of the supernatural terror and then he just flies in and kicks you in the head and flies away <laughs> and you can't do anything about it. And you're just like getting shit on by this supernatural bird who's just like, fuck you, I'm going to kick you in the head and run away. And like, just from a roleplay setting, that would piss my character off. Oh, it would piss you so off and I would love that because I'm like... in the world and on the table, I would be annoyed. Right. Which because because yeah, thing. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? You going to hit him? No, no. Flyby. You lost tonight. It's like, well, do I get to do an opportunity attack? No. How dare you think? <laughs> you know what? You know what assuming does is it makes you look like a fool. <laughs> and then the the custom one that we made is called "What Do You See," and that's from the the tagline of the Mothman prophecy. Oh, hey, clever. Yeah, which is all about in the movie. It's like psychological horror and like, oh my gosh, what's going on in my mind? Um, so. One humanoid the Mothman can see within 30 feet of it must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be magically charmed for a day. So that's for, it's basically the charm effect from like a succubus or like a charm person kind of thing. You could use that outside of combat and, you know, have Mothman sneak up. He's got, he's got the stealth proficiency bonus and everything. He could sneak up behind somebody and charm that person to try to prevent something happening or to kickstart an event. That's something else that you could do. You know, maybe you walk into town and this dude's on trial for breaking down the support beam of a bridge that ended up killing a bunch of people, you know, like the Silver Bridge. Uh, and he's adamant that he didn't do it. It wasn't his, his fault. Like, he just, one moment he was in front of the store, the next he was in front of this collapsing bridge and people were looking at him like he did it. He had no idea. He was just chomped by Mothman, right? <laughs> You could you can kind of play that off, or you could you know, if you want Mothman to be more of an ally, maybe he's charming people to help him, and you got to work that way out. But yeah, it's basically the charm effect. You know, you can't make he can't make you hurt yourself. If you if you succeed it, then 
it goes back to normal, right? Cool. No, I just really love it. Though, just with the potential with it. Yeah. The I, ways that you could play a Mothman in a campaign is fantastic. Yeah, and it's, you know, I think just because with the variety of reports, you could have a variety of Mothmans. That's really cool. Which brings us to the last, uh, the last reaction of this, uh, of the Mothman, which is it doesn't belong here. So Mothman is an observer, and its gift of premonition delves into the realm of the psyche. If a player rolls a natural one within 120 feet of the Mothman, if you remember the um, the Harbinger of Doom ability can force people to roll a one, so you can do a wombo combo. The wombo. Yeah. If they roll a natural one, or if you use it, Mothman can use a reaction to cast detect thoughts on the on the target. So you got that first base layer of I'm just going to look into your mind and see what you're thinking on the surface level and then Mothman can force you to make a wisdom saving throw as it digs deeper so we can dig into like your your battle tactics if uh, you know like if like if he's digging into the cleric as to like why he's casting bless on this and not this person he can be like alright well I need to protect the tank because he's going to be up in there but I know that the wizard's going to be doing like a whole lot of spells then Mothman can turn his attention over there it's that kind of you know that psychic energy that, you know, paranoia, anxiety, foreseeing what's going to happen and getting as much information as he can to continue. If you fail the wisdom save, you're stunned for a round, which is pretty simple. On a success, Mothman, or if you, yeah, if you succeed the wisdom save, he's unable to detect your thoughts for 24 hours. So it's just like a simple, like, you know, once you're able to shield him, you're good for a day. He's out, yeah. Yeah, okay. which, you know, I think that's... Uh, that's pretty cool because you could you could even throw that wombo combo even out of combat. You could do it tracking them through the woods. They're like, I'm gonna make a nature check to check, figure out what's going on. He makes you roll a natural one and you didn't know why, and then he digs into you to figure out what you're doing. So, do you think you as a DM would tell the player that they rolled a natural one? I don't think I would tell them. Maybe I might tell them outright. Like they'd be like, All right, cool, I rolled this, and I would like I would flip the coin and I would tell them, you know, let's say they roll like a a 21 or something and they're like like uh, i'm gonna look for tracks or something like this take that natural one if that if i wanted to and i wouldn't try to do it to hinder them i wouldn't want it to be like oh you're on the right track so i'm gonna miss you i would tell them like you find the tracks but there's something there's something else you 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 found the tracks with the 21 you found the tracks but something is bringing your attention away from it something's trying to distract you from it and you get distracted from the tracks you know what I mean? Like with that natural one, suddenly you're not focused on those tracks anymore. Suddenly you're focused on the edge of a cliff or something. Like, ooh, a piece of candy, a squirrel. Squirrel, something something like that. You know, however however ominous you wanted to make it. Um, I wouldn't take away the agency of that player, no. Like if you roll that 21, that's an amazing roll. You've got that thing. And once you get out of this kind of trance, uh, yeah, no, I've found the tracks. But this really weird thing just happened to me. You know what I mean? I think that's an important thing. I wouldn't want to be like, you know, no, you're good ideas. You're, you're doing so good that I, I, I gotta beat you. No, I'm, I want the players to, you know, feel that kind of like, I did it. I rolled a 21, but something weird happened. That's what I would do in that situation. I like it. It's a good, I mean, yeah. Spooky creature. Lots of, lots of options that you could do something with a creature like that. Yeah, exactly. You could throw him in anything that you want to. That's pretty much it. Is this our, is this our ending? Do we have a sign off? I don't know. You might have a sign off. Uh, before we before we do sign off, Levi, where can where can people reach us? Where can people talk to us if they want to oh. add? Their own <laughs> well, things? I'm glad you asked. If you have any ideas for any future episodes, you can reach us at. Strong <laughs> <laughs> something at Chris and Chris and Cryptids. If I leave this in, you'll be angry. Do it again. Do it. Okay. <laughs> So, Levi, uh, if anybody wants to reach out to us, uh, how can they do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. If anyone has any future ideas for any episodes they want to hear, they can give us ideas or just talk to us. At, oh, my goodness. Talking's hard, huh? Talking is hard, especially after getting lost in the sauce. There you go. There you go. All right. Anyone wants to get in? Okay. Try <laughs> again. If people want to get in contact with us, and they want to, you know, give us ideas for anything. How can they? How can they do so? I'm glad you asked. There's a couple ways you can reach us. We're on all social medias now: Instagram, TikTok, uh, Hulu, Hulu. Yep. Um, Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll. Yep. Wow. We're, we're working on that. We're working on the Netflix. Um, 
Yep. But in all serious, if you want to get in contact with us, probably the best way would be cryptsandcryptids at gmails.com. It's with the ampersand. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You can have the ampersand in a Gmail account? Oh, not in a Gmail account. Yeah, no, sorry. No, our our name, yes. It's Crits and Cryptids. We're professional. You want to try this again? I would love to try this again. <laughs> Everywhere except Gmail is going to be Crits ampersand cryptids, and the Gmail is Crits A-N-D cryptids. If that doesn't make sense, that's okay. We'll put it in the, in the show notes, and we'll have it more spaced out there. All right, well, uh, we'll hopefully get this out on like a weekly basis. Um... Yeah, like we said, if you guys have any ideas for us, we'd love to hear your comments, feedbacks, anything that you want to hear from us. We'll try to upload this weekly every Tuesday. It's Tuesday, uh, the magic day. It might be. I think it might be the magic day. Okay. Uh, yeah. You can find a link to this. Uh, we'll put a link to DMs Guild in the show notes as well, so you can go there. It's going to be pay what you want, so you, know, you don't have to pay anything if you don't want to. It would be greatly appreciated if you do. This is kind of starting out as a hobby, so like you know, don't you know, don't feel pressured to give if you don't want to but if you do if you know if you want to hear more of this you know it would help us out a whole lot yeah 100 percent. but uh yeah i think that's it thank you so much for listening and we'll catch up with you next week we'll find something catchy later on for now keep, keep it cryptic i'm gonna go with bye and we we'll go with bye that's a good one yeah <laughs>